Okay, Phil, bring us in. Hmm. Can you fucking believe it? <laughs> nice. Let's do it. Um, okay. So uh, this is here. This here be uh, episode thirty-seven. <laughs> <Arr>. <laughs> the pirate episode. No. <laughs> um, uh, so this week, um, I have to make a confession. I've been slacking big time. Mm. Um, so this we're gonna kind of t- we're gonna see how this works out with sort of a half and half episode. Half of is a th- half a theme, half pretty much just stuff that Phil's seen that I may have seen at one point in the past or not. Phil's the cool one because Phil is definitely you. the cool one. I'm just the goofy one that likes to talk about boobs. <laughs> TNA and booze. That's hey. What, what do you need, man? What else do you need? That's what you know. I mean, come on. Um, <laughs> so there's nothing else required to live. Here's the alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. Thank you, Homer. Anytime. So you want to do the theme part first? Or the non-theme part first? No, I was thinking since apparently my brother only listens to the first five minutes, I'd get something important out of the way first. Gotcha. Go for it. we'll talk about Wall Street. Money never sleeps. That's right. Which, I'm sure you know. I'm sure, I'm sure you know, but I'm maybe some, maybe our, one of our seven listeners doesn't, is that that's a line from the first one. Yes. Where... He's talking on his big giant brick cell phone on the beach to Charlie Sheen and for like at sunrise saying, come on, champ, or whatever. Get up, let's go. Money never sleeps or whatever. So yeah, that's where that came from, which I'm sure you know. Thank <laughs> So that was fairly redundant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure somebody out there doesn't. Okay. I, you know, I actually, when, right. when I heard that, ti- that was the title, I actually, it didn't, it took me a little while to get it, like to figure out that's what it was. Yeah. So whatever. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, you know, Oliver uh, Stone uh, revisiting Gordon Gecko and Wall Street. So now the story is, from what I understand, that he went to prison, correct, for insider trading? He went to prison for, like, eight years or something. Okay. He got the book thrown at him because he was so egregious or something in his, <laughs> in his breaking of, of rules. Um, but greed is good, man. <laughs> and now apparently it's legal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so okay, so then he gets out, and then what happens from there? He meets Shia LaBeouf, and they fight Decepticons. Well, no, uh, yes. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> yes, and they go to Transformer Heaven. Um, oh god. So uh, the basic plot line is as such: um, the Shia LaBeouf is. Um, is a Wall Street trader, and he works for a company that's supposed to be in real life Bear Stearns. A lot okay. of the, the, the plot, the, the machinations mirror events that actually happened in 2008. Okay. Um, and so he's, he's supposed to work at Bear Stearns, which is the first firm to go under and be bought by another firm in, the, in this last mauling of Wall Street. Sure. And uh, and uh, the the head of the company, after it's bought for like $2 a share by another company, throws himself in front of a subway uh, train and, and, and dies. Commits suicide. And Shia LaBeouf decides he has to get back at the people who bought the company, the guy played by Josh Brolin. Okay. And so, you know, that's at later, that's 
we revisit that plot later. But um, so, and then he is dating a Gordon Gecko's daughter. Okay. So he uh, he kind of gets in contact with Gordon because the daughter uh, doesn't want to. Because when Gordon went to jail, his son committed suicide or no, had a drug overdose. Jeez. So she can't forgive him for any of that. And, um, yeah, it's all rather convoluted, as it's you a, can tell. I was, it sounds and like more convoluted than I would have thought. There's but. a lot going on in this movie. Susan Sarandon plays Shia LaBeouf's mother. Um, and a word to the wise, <laughs> I think for message purposes, she's the most important character in that movie. Okay. For what Oliver Stone is trying to tell people, but it's a very small part, and I think most people probably wouldn't notice how important that part was. Okay. Uh, so but look out for Susan Sarandon, people. Indeed. Which is good advice either way, but uh, indeed. Of course. <laughs> um, but no, she she is a, well, a person caught up in the real estate boom. She's got like six properties, and she has this horrible accent that's a bit too much. Right. She's like, I just need another hundred thousand dollars to get me through <laughs> and to give to Mister the Plague. Exactly. <laughs> Call back. <laughs> and. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's not great. It's really muddled in a lot of perspective, especially its personal relationships. By, by the time you get to the end of the movie, I was wondering if Carrie Mulligan was like, her character was like the most wishy-washy character ever in film. <laughs> well, that's uh, quite a distinction I mean, there. I, she just goes, I hate Shia LaBeouf, I love Shia LaBeouf. Oh, you know, I hate my dad. Oh, my dad's trying to be nice to me. Yada, 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 yada. Back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And it's, you know, it's like, okay, whatever. Well, well with a name like Gordon Gecko, if you have kids, you got to name him something just as memorable. You got to name her like Gretchen Gecko or <laughs> Gloria Gecko, you know? Yeah. Um, and then your son is going to be like... I don't know if Gary Gecko is quite the same. <laughs> ring, Probably but, not. But it's it's... it's Oh no, I was just going to ask you if you, so do you recommend it or no? Um, I do. I think I think certain bits of it are rather important. I think from a message perspective, um, I think it's it's well, it's it's uh how shall I put this? It's entertaining at least. You know, the the two and a half hours goes by fairly quickly, 2:15 whatever it is. But uh but yeah, I think it just manages to bog itself down because I don't know if he really knew, if Stone really knew where he wanted the characters to go. Yeah. You know, Gordon, it, it turns into much less, because Wall Street was, was very much a commentary on the times, on the sure. late 80s, and the, uh, the, the business and financial stuff that was going on then. This movie... Uh, that was doesn't good. have the same oomph. Okay. It See, doesn't have the same commentary going on. Right. See, now it's, that was going to be my next question. As apparently now I'm the interviewer. Indeed. And you're the interviewee. Um, and I was going to just ask you, because that's such a product of its time, the first one. And it's just right there, right in the middle of all this late 80s g culture of greed. You know, the me generation, whatever. But I was going to ask you if it's the same way in this one. If it's that... Just uh, up front. It is attempting to be, 
But I, I, I wonder, I don't think, and you know, it's hard to say that Oliver Stone is a delicate filmmaker, <laughs> but I think he's lost any of it that he used to have, story-wise. Because this, uh, this movie and W suffer from a little bit of parody sometimes. You know, if you go okay. and watch yeah. W and and ta- and you watch Tandy Newton playing Condoleezza Rice, that's like pure parody. That's that's it's not right. interesting. It's it's her, you know, doing some vaudeville act. Right. Yeah. No, you know, I, she's on Saturday Night Live portraying. Condoleezza yeah. Exactly. Rice. Exactly. But um, but uh, so it, in a certain way, I think it it it's a little bit kind of tone deaf. It's like. You know, Oliver Stone's just gotten used to, like, banging his fist on a table. <laughs> right. He's Khrushchev <laughs> up there with the shoe, right? <laughs> exactly. So so it, it suffers in that. It also suffers because at the end, I'm not sure that, that Stone really knew what he wanted to say about finance. <laughs> you know, some of, some of the stuff rings true, like, like Susan Sarandon. She, she, the, the reason I think her part is so important is because she, she represents the everyman sure. who got in and, and was doing because, uh, because she could, you know, buying and flipping houses and building new ones and selling them for double the price and yada, 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 yada. Right. And of course she went bankrupt. Of and, course. Um, I mean, uh, duh. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, uh, so Shia LaBeouf at one point tells her, you know, uh, go back, you know, call up so-and-so. He can probably get you a job. She said, I said, nurse? Because that, that's what she used to be. She's like, yeah, get out there and do something real. And yeah. I was like, that's probably what this movie wants to talk about. Probably. But it's not getting Not there. quite getting there. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, Oliver Stone, like you said, is not exactly Mr. Delicate. I mean, yeah. see uh, pretty much any of his movies. Um, but, right. Um, now, did he write these movies? Did he write Wall Street in the... I don't think he did, did he? He didn't write this new one. I don't know about the original. I've tried to remember if he did. Let us know. Tanufbigmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, okay, so it sounds like you, you liked it somewhat and somewhat I, didn't. I liked it enough to recommend it. It's, a, it's an interesting conversation piece. Uh, it, it'll Yeah, if you're looking for an interesting night at the movies, go there. You'll probably have one. Okay, good deal. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Okay, um, so let's see. We'll just we'll just take we'll uh, we'll take the uh, the theme part and save it for the second half of the really big shoe. We <laughs> got a good shoe. <laughs> so I have here from your list. I took onto my list. Um, we did the Wall Street. Uh, well, keeping with the maybe a little bit newer stuff, Valkyrie. Which yeah. I haven't seen. You did. Um, I do know enough about it to sort of, like I said before, speak somewhat intelligently about it. <laughs> I haven't seen the action. Somewhat. I, you wink, know, wink. Here's what I do. I see the trailer. I read about it on Dark Horizons. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I'm set. I don't yeah. need to see it. <laughs> the movie see it. The, I know everything about the it. The movie itself, man, not important. <laughs> In this grand scheme of things, no. Um, no, I think Valkyrie for me. Okay, here's the thing. I hate Tom Cruise anymore. I just yes. can't stand the guy. Yes, this he, has been established. I think. Yes, I, I think so. When we talked about Mission Impossible, the whole Oprah thing and that whole time period around Mission Impossible Three ruined the guy. Okay. Just any reputation he had. Right. Okay. In a puff of something. Scientology. <laughs> in a puff of Thetans. Exactly. Ooh, my mom's gonna hate me for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but, 
Having said that, combining him with Brian Singer uh, seems to be a good idea. It was a thoroughly entertaining, and despite the fact that we knew the ending, a thrilling movie. Hey, good I deal. Easily four out of five stars. Nice. I like it. Indeed. It was well told, well played, well acted. Even Tom Cruise. <laughs> um, I love, you know, one thing just as an aside, I love how our rating system keeps changing. Like every, <laughs> every, every movie practically. Yeah, pretty much. Stars, thumbs, recommendations. Yeah, whatever you know, I feel Catch like. up in prison. Whatever point. seems the most accurate it's, to whatever I'm there, there you go. There you go. Um, well, I will say I think that Brian Singer is a very good filmmaker. Uh, yeah, having missteps here and there, I think that Superman Returns, although was considered to be a decent movie, was also considered to be not what it should have been, or hmm. by a lot of people. Maybe not by you. No, certainly not by me. I own the movie. I saw it three times in the theater. I love that movie. Well, I'm just saying that the, I think the general consensus of, about that movie is that it either A, really wasn't what people expected from it, or B, it didn't quite live up to what people thought it should be. Which I'm not saying is the truth. I'm just saying that's the idea. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I don't agree, but I get it. Um, I get it. I don't like it. Exactly. <laughs> Bing! <laughs> um, I think, you know, well, anyway, we won't go wander off on this. Yeah, no, let's, we, yeah. Um, but no, Valkyrie, um, oodles of British stars. Um, as does, does it fall into the whole any time it's a foreign accent, it's a British accent thing? For the most part, there yeah. are a couple like Dutch folks, and, <laughs> and you know, like most of the cast of Black Book was just put in this movie, <laughs> um, which was the Paul Verhoeven uh, World War Two right Dutch picture he made a few while a few years ago. Yeah, it was a couple years ago. Um, but uh, but so yeah, for the most part, the if people intended to be Germans, really British, <laughs> uh, except for Tom Cruise. So he didn't even bother. I'm, I from what I've heard, nobody bothered. Everybody was just going for British. He just, I'm Tom Cruise. <laughs> I'm going to speak an American accent. Deal with it. Exactly. Okay, gotcha. Um, and wear an eye patch. Ooh. And occasionally a very um awful looking fake eye. He had a fake eye. Well, yeah, because he lost his eye. That's the hence the oh, eye patch. I did. But no, like when he'd go and meet the Fuhrer for his meetings, for some reason. I guess maybe the Fuhrer didn't like eye patches, but he would take off the eye patch and put in this weird fake guy that would just stare. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from what I've heard, Hitler was quite the pirate phobe. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's uh, thoroughly entertaining, and you feel bad for them at the end. You know, they tried. Yeah, I almost got there. Yeah. Almost. I, the, the key, I think, that the movie says is that Originally, the meeting was supposed to take place inside the bunker, and the cement walls would have caused everybody to really die, but they moved the meeting to a cottage outside with open windows and stuff, and the blast was dissipated. Yeah. Thus, no I, one died. It, well, yeah, and I've, I've heard the story, like, I've, because it's based on the true story. Uh, tell us the story, the story Okay, the story being that um, a couple of German higher-ups in the army mm. went, decided that Hitler was just out of control and he just was losing his mind which was probably true yes. and uh, so they were going to assassinate him um, with a bomb under the table at a meeting right so everything I've heard is that the bomb went off uh -huh. 
and everybody fell out of their chairs or whatever, but nobody actually got killed, and right, just obviously some Hitler. And bruises. Yeah, yeah. Um, my only my question for that was always, why not just get a bigger bomb? I mean, I because they had to carry it in a briefcase, and okay. they had to be able to assemble it in like in the bathroom essentially. Okay, well, yeah, I guess that makes sense. But so what I've heard is that the table kind of protected everybody because it was under the table Mm -hmm. and then like what you said there was windows so the blast probably kind of went out the windows and stuff and I always always wonder it's one of those things you kind of go what if Mm -hmm. like what if that would have actually worked because I don't think that the guys were necessarily doing it saying we want the war to be like we don't we want to surrender to the allies or something like that they just didn't think Hitler was the one to lead the Germans anymore no no they did want to um Attempt a truce as much as possible so that oh. they could avoid the entire the total destruction of their country. Gotcha. Um, so yes, they were going to the, the their plan in the movie is to is to um, kill Hitler and uh, seize uh, power with this this you know uh, this plan called Operation Valkyrie, where the reserve army would be called up and they would be sicked on the SS. To oh. keep saying that the SS were trying to uh, coup and, and take right. over the country from Hitler. So the, you'd stick the army on the SS and call the allies and gotcha. say, shut up, hmm. Hitler's, Hitler's dead. <laughs> Hitler's dead. Uh, uh, so yeah, you know, sorry about the last few years. You know, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was all him. We, but, we didn't even know what was going on. But unfortunately, they don't kill Hitler, and uh, the, the reserve army proves more loyal to... Hitler than to them, so... Well, and they yeah. all get a bit executed. <laughs> Just a little killed. <laughs> a bit executed. I like that better. <laughs> well, you know, it's an interesting story, for sure. And it's yeah. funny that I think that not as many people as I would th- as you'd think would know that story. That's a well, kind I, of an, a not well-known story. Well, it is. I mean, I think, I think... Well, it's been made into a movie before, The Night of the Generals, as I recall. It was its previous incarnation. But um, so I think I've always heard that story with the with the general cabal, the general, the cabal of generals. Okay, mm-hmm. got that out. Um, who are who try to kill Hitler and do it unsuccessfully? But as the movie reveals, that was the last of fifteen or sixteen attempts on his life. Huh? Yeah. I, really? Yeah. By Germans? Uh huh. I, I, I'm trying to come up with another question. <laughs> Besides just really? Um, burr, burr. Uh, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Apparently. Wow. I'll have to go look that up. That sounds interesting. Indeed. And I, the movie is too, my friend. I like, I like history. That shit fascinates me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shit happens back then. Who knew? You know, all this shit just happened. And then, you know... And here I am reading about it. It's crazy. Some king in 1100 was actually doing something. I know. 1066? I thought they made that shit up. Yeah. We just appeared in 1972. Right. Uh, Okay, well, it sounds like I might have to check out the Valkyrie. I was actually um, sort of reticent... To I was too. It. I, it took obviously. It took me a couple years to get around to it, but uh, honestly, uh, highly recommend it. Good deal. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll uh, here, here. Good movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know what do they used to do? They like hit their thumbs on the table or something. 
I, I remember I like they. I don't know what you're talking. About. <laughs> <laughs> they did that stuff with the thing back when banging their elbow on their knee. I don't. <laughs> I don't know what I'm. Hey, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, I, I think you mean that. Well, they did, it was in some movies like maybe it was in like Frankenstein. I think you're. I think that is Frankenstein. When you where take they, the knuckles and wrap uh-huh. them on the. Okay. Yeah. All right. We figured that one out. Mystery And song. you got a little bumpy noises. Exactly. <laughs> and all you could hear was knock, knock, knock. And it's like, oh, they did that. And it's yes. like, that could be anything. That could be you <laughs> whacking your nuts on the table for oh, all I know. Oh, wow. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> My apologies, parents. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, moving on. Indeed. Wow. Okay, what do we got next? I, I, I don't well, know. I put on the list. I put on this list Black Widow, but I don't know if we necessarily need to. I mean, I haven't seen that in so long. I don't know if I talk intelligently about it <laughs> as I so often do. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know that I need to talk about it. It's a fairly decent thriller with but Deborah Winger and um, it's Raul Julia, isn't? It? No, I'm thinking Kiss of the Spider Woman. Yes, you are uh, Deborah Winger and. Uh, no, married to Nicholas Rogue, beautiful woman of the eighties. Motherfuck. Is it Teresa something? Teresa Russell, yes. Hey. See, we've done this before. We'll do one I'll do one name and you'll do the other one we'll be like Bingo. <laughs> Teresa Russell, yeah. Teresa Russell, Deborah Winger. Uh Teresa Russell is the black widow. Spoiler is, alert. Who is uh well you find <laughs> Two minutes, she kills a husband. Oh, um, okay. So, uh, and, uh, so she's wandering around offing men, and, uh, and Deborah Winger works for some bizarre federal agency in which she, she uh, you know, she's the only one that thinks this gal's really killing these guys. Oh, that old story. And so she eventually leaves the uh, whatever agency she worked for and, uh, like, goes to Hawaii and, like, makes pal pals. Ooh. With Teresa Russell to, they to get their BFFBWs, best friends forever, Black Widows. Indeed. <laughs> and so you know machinations ensue. Uh, it's eh, it is what it is. It's an eighties thriller. It's not yeah. too thrilling. It's kind of like a Miami Vice episode. Yeah. Eh. Yeah, I remember seeing it and going, well. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but yeah, it's yeah, not it's terrible. terrible. I, I didn't, I didn't like hate the hour and a half I spent on it, but it's not like excellent. So right. No. Well, so okay. Enough said on that one. Exactly. I guess. All right. Anything else on your list that you would like to speak on before we, I guess, hit the smoke break and then come back for our thrilling theme week portion <laughs> of the show? Portion of which is themed. Uh... <laughs> 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 you almost made Jerry Pepsi come out my nose. <laughs> that would have been funny. That <laughs> too bad it's not a video podcast once again. Oh, um, I don't know. I saw a few movies. I did want to say I, was, I saw the new Race to Witch Mountain. Ooh, with the Rock, Dwayne Johnson. I'll he have will. You know, <laughs> he'll never be Dwayne Johnson to me. The most you'll get out of me is Dwayne, Dwayne the Rock. The Rock Johnson. Johnson. Yes. yes. Um, so, Dwayne Johnson, Carla Gugino, who, as I was discussing with, uh, with, uh, whatever we call him, um, <laughs> Disembodio. Yes, uh, has managed to be in Hollywood for over a decade and no one knows her name. You know, Except she's for had, Robert Rodriguez. She's made 
a lot of movies and been in starring roles in a lot of movies. And I bet you, if you ask, I bet eight out of ten people on the street would have no fucking clue if you showed her a picture who she was. Probably. You're probably right. You're probably like, more like nine or ten out of ten. <laughs> like, that's the gal from Spy Kids is the most you Right. Have. Either that or, or that's the, the lesbian chick from Sin City. Right. You know, that, but yeah, no, you're right. And I, I, you, who's, I would pull out snake eyes, but that's just me. That would be just you. <laughs> I, uh, no, I think she's very pretty. I mean, she's, yeah. a, she's a very good looking woman and she's been, she's not a bad actress. I mean, she's not necessarily Oscar quality, but no. she's not bad. Yeah, that's true. But, and uh, Anna Sophia Robb, as a resident of our wonderful fair city, um, is the little girl. And I must say that uh, compared to the original, it is a little piece of dookie. <laughs> and I think The Rock was getting sick. I, I can't remember if you told me this or, or if, my, if another friend of mine told me this, but The, the Rock is finally done with his exclusive yeah, Disney contract. Because he signed a, a contract with Disney for four movies? Four pictures. And uh, The Tooth Fairy was the last so that's why now he's in faster. There you go. Because he can finally make an action picture. Right. God, I can't believe he would do that. That's just so dumb. I mean, I'm sure they offered him a shovel load of money. Probably. Um, and they all made money for the most part. Yeah. This yeah. one just a, a little too winky winky. Clearly some of the people, including Dwayne The Rock Johnson, were not too interested in making it. Yeah. They would just be like, what do you mean? And then they'd look all bored while somebody <laughs> responded, you know? <laughs> yeah, there yeah. Some, there is some cute stuff. Like half the movie takes place in this um, UFO convention in Las Vegas. And uh, at one point Carla Gugino is wandering through it and... And Whitley Stryber walks up to her and she's like, not now, Whitley, and just keeps walking. And <laughs> nice. he goes, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I, okay, do you know who Whitley Stryber is? I have heard the name. He is... Okay, you're going to have to tell me because I have heard the name and I know it has something he's to do with author, UFOs. Yes, he's an author who claims to have been abducted. He wrote the uh, Communion, with the right, fantastic right. movie with Christopher Walken. The book and, that's based on, he wrote um, Wolfen long ago. Right. Um, so he's a rather prolific author, uh, loves UFO things, and I'm not, uh, I think he has in the past claimed to have been abducted. Was he the same guy that wrote, uh, what was the name of the movie where the guy, guy or guys gets abducted by UFOs and one of them was played by like D.B. Sweeney? Or? No, that was a true story. Uh, Fire in the Sky? Yeah, Fire in the Sky. Okay. No, that was supposedly a true story. Okay, okay. Proceed. Sorry. So, I mean, occasional cuteness. Kieran Hines really slumming it. I love Kieran Hines. I do. Ever since I saw him in The Sum of All Fears, I'm like, you go, guy. <laughs> um, and I don't know why. There's just something there. I go, that guy's a star and nobody knows it. Um uh-huh. But anyway, you know it, Phil. Indeed, and so, that is all that matters. That all that is all that matters. Um, so, but he's the villain. Um, yeah, it's generally a kids' movie, and most clearly nobody was really paying attention too much when they made it. <laughs> maybe they, <laughs> maybe they went well. Shit, we got to make another Disney movie with The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, Let's and, have him play a cab driver with those kids from the Race to the Witch Mountain movie. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, what do we got that we can remake? Uh, Except mm. in the, the original is Escape to Witch Mountain, isn't it? Is it Escape from Witch Mountain? Mm, maybe. Ooh. Oh. Because there's a sequel. <laughs> you just I think blew my mind. I think that's Escape 2 anyway. I okay, it might be. Bow, boom. 
Either way, whatever. Don't so anyway, I, I can't recommend it uh, unless you've got like a six-year-old. Well, sure, and a lot of people do, and that's probably why it made some money. Probably. You know, because those kids' movies, I swear, it's kind of it's kind of sad to me that kids. I don't know if it's just because Hollywood knows that kids will go see pretty much anything aimed at them. Mm. Uh, and so they just get lazy. Yeah. Or it's that they feel that kids aren't um, sophisticated enough viewers to get to get anything that has any sort of thought behind it. Yeah, it's so it's it, that's always funny to me because that that's such a a, a lie. I it think, is. I it's think cr- kids, it's crap. Kids appreciate quality. I mean, uh, you put on old Yeller, uh, you know, whatever. All these old stories that have serious themes. And kids love them. Yeah, you know, Weaving Wizard of Oz. You know, know, you don't have to have somebody fall down in a pile of shit for it to be funny to a kid. Sure. No, I I totally agree with you. I've I've watched, um, especially in the last few years, I've watched um, movies with many different kids. Yeah. And uh, I think that even kids will sometimes see, except for little, little kids. Right. Little kids that are like, say, four. They like Alvin and the Chipmunks because they're songs and the Chipmunks dance around and they do funny stuff, fall down and right. whatever. Kids, they get a little bit older, they'll recognize, God, this is their, you know, this is crap. Or this, you know, it's, I don't know if they, a lot of kids would use this phrase, but they'll say, you know, why are you insulting my intelligence? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, I mean, I just, I think it's too bad that there's not more uh, higher quality kid stuff out there. And I also think it's, it's it's disappointing that anything aimed at kids will make money because the kids yeah. will see the commercials and go, Mom, 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 we gotta see that, you know. Yeah. And especially on video and whatever. Well, so, I did I did watch a movie that was aimed at kids that made no money. Which whatsoever. Was? City of Ember. Um with <laughs> it's a, it's based on a series of books, obviously. It had uh, Tim Robbins and Bill Murray, and I think that may be it for stars. But um I do. I, I'm trying to tell them. I'm like, what are you talking? It came about a year or two ago from Walden Media. Sure. Uh, Phil Ann shoots. Right. And uh, it made like three million dollars. And uh, it's a fairly, it's a good looking movie. You know, it looks fairly expensive. So clearly, somebody lost a, a chunk of change on it. Right. Um, it is actually very, very good. Huh. I I really uh, Martin Landau's in it too. I really liked it. It's, it's about these. Uh, so the world ends, and all these smart people put everybody in a city underground, the city of Ember. Right. And um, and it's an Ember because it's fire, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keeping the fire of civilization alive. Sure. And so they give this box to the mayor of the city of Ember, and they're supposed to stay in the city for, for 200 years, and at the end they open the box and they leave. But one of the mayors who knows the secrets gets killed, and um, the box gets lost, so they stay there a lot longer. What's and in the box? What's in the box? Instructions oh. on how to leave the Okay. <laughs> um, so these two kids, everything's falling apart because Ember's just breaking down after hundreds and hundreds of years. And so these two kids are trying to figure out how to get out. They have this box. They try to piece it together and leave. Okay. Bill Murray is the current corrupt mayor. Okay. And he is very, very good. It reminds you of like, this is why I love Bill Murray. Right. Kind of like even in, in like a small life. part in a in a rinky dink kids movie, he shines. Like in Zombieland. Exactly. He was awesome in Zombieland. Mm-hmm. I, we may have talked about this when we were talking about Zombieland, but you know who that was originally supposed to be? 
his part? Uh, no one would accept it, right? No, it was written specifically for one person. And then that person was unable to do it. Uh-huh. It was supposed to be Patrick Swayze. I have never heard that. It's true. I swear to God, uh, it's true. Okay. But he died. So I, you know, I had read that they that they that they wrote that part and had no one cast for it, and then uh, they they were calling around trying to find somebody to do it. No one would do it. Woody Harrelson eventually called Bill Murray like day before shooting on his cell phone and just said, "Hey, bud, we're in town. You want to come over and do this?" He said, "Yes." See, now I read an interview with the guy who wrote Zombieland. The guys, I think it was two guys, that said they wrote it for Patrick Swayze. And but then he died, and maybe that's where that second part came from. Yeah. Where no, they couldn't get anybody else to do it. Right. So whatever, I don't know. But anyway, we're getting. It, it wouldn't have been funny with Patrick. It Swayze. wouldn't have. I don't know why they would have thought Patrick Swayze would have been such the perfect part for that. But anyway, okay, CD member, thumbs up. Bill Murray, big thumbs up. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? I assume you want a cigarette, Jesus. You're pushing us. You're I'm pushing not pushing us. That. Oh, Mister <laughs> Time Cop over there. <laughs> You're like, come on, that was great, that, that was great, let's okay. moving, okay. are we going, are we going, do you have anything else to say, I need a cigarette. <laughs> no, it's not even that, I just <laughs> I didn't know if there was anything else to say. Jeez, Phil, you're turning the tables on me here. I know, jeez. This is like Bizarro Podcast. Whoa, pretty soon I'll be making obscure references to like <laughs> Danish films, oh. and then Phil's gonna be like, bring on the boobs. <laughs> I find that highly unlikely. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. Okay. And on that note, it's smoke break time. We shall be back. Sit. Okay, and we're back. I will sit, Phil. Sorry. I think we may have caught that. (laughs) I was standing. Phil put me in my place. Um, You're Mr. Green. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sit. (laughs) No, not you, sir. <laughs> I told you I didn't do it. <laughs> I'm gonna go home and sleep with my wife. Ah, <laughs> uh, clue references never get enough. Never. <coughs> They're good forever. There's no expiration date. Exactly. Anyway, <laughs> so you wanted to talk about the Avengers. Well, let's preface that by saying that the second has has. The second half of our podcast is uh, going to be a theme of movies that were made from TV shows, which there's been a million of them. Um, and we couldn't think of them. My God, and we were just like brainlocked, the both of us. Um, so we came up with some, and also there were some that we had already talked about. Right. So those were really no good because who wants to hear this crap twice? Oh. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so we, we, we did come up with a few. Um, oh. So we'll go ahead and go in alphabetical order, I suppose, <laughs> with um, The Avengers, which, if you don't know, was a movie that came out in the late 90s, uh, starring Rafe Fine and Uma Thurman, uh-huh. Sean Connery, yeah. and there's someone I'm forgetting that's a fairly Well, bad. like Jim Broadbent, but that's about it. Yeah, but a bunch of British people. Yeah. And in the case of Uma Thurman, somebody who's obviously not British trying to pretend she is. <laughs> Yes, and it is based on the iconic. Yes, I would uh, say so. Sixties television show um, of the same name, <laughs> indeed. Avengers with uh, Patrick McNee and uh, Diana, Diana Rigg. Rigg. Yeah, 
And it's funny because whenever I mention the movie The Avengers or anything like that to anybody, people that aren't as into movies and stuff even, they always go, that was Diana Rigg, right? She must have been big in the... I mean, she, people <laughs> she remember was. her. She was a Bond girl. Yeah. In the best Bond movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. So anyway, the plot of the movie... Such yes. as it is, <laughs> is that Sean Connery? Now, correct me if I'm wrong, because I have only I have not seen it as many times as you. Shut up. Oh, but no, Phil loves that but that movie. We'll get into that. Um, <laughs> the, the, I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah. Uh, the plot of the movie is that the Avengers are played by the Ray Fiennes and Uma Thurman, and they work for the British government correct. as sort of secret agents. Correct. Uh, kind of a one-two sort of. James and Janice Bond kind of thing, you know, sort yes. of. And they're very aristocratic and proper. Uh-huh, and they always deal with very odd things. Yes, it's so, very quirky and offbeat. Indeed. So, Sean Connery plays a, uh, I don't know, a lord or just a very rich man who uh, can control the weather. He's come up with a machine that can control the weather. Correct. Not him personally. He's not a supervillain. Right. And so he intends to uh, extort the world um, by controlling their weather patterns. Right. So you'll get floods if you don't pay me a million dollars kind of thing. Exactly. Gotcha. So they try to stop him. Odd machinations ensue. (laughs) Teddy bears. Yeah. Invisible people. Um, Yes. Odd jumps in the plot that you could tell were pieces that were just cut out for some reason. Now, the backstory of this picture is very, very sad. Okay. So, uh, Jeremiah Chechik, who I, if you know him, you know him. If you don't, you don't, uh, was approached by Warners to do this movie. And he said, okay, Warners, people, you're going to send me off to the Avengers. I'm going to make the Avengers. It's going to be quirky. It's going to be British. And it's going to be a little be weird. Be prepared. Yeah. And they said, Okay. Go off, do it. That's what we want. Right. So he brought them back, the Avengers, as he saw it. Right. Uh, which was quirky and British and weird. <laughs> yeah. And they said, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And they took it and they mauled it. They and just chopped the crap out of it. Hell. Oh, yeah. You I mean, they're, all of a sudden, they're in one place, they're in another. Half the stuff that was in the trailer, not in the movie. Yeah, it was... It's, you can tell just by watching it, and even if you're not a, you know, even if you don't consider yourself a very savvy movie watcher, you just like to watch movies. Great, fine, whatever. You can tell it, it's there's these odd just Leaps jumps action. in the plot, yep. and lo- like you said, locations change all of a sudden for no reason, yep. and it's just weird. You can tell that they just went to it with a freaking axe. Yep, and it, and was- it ended up being exactly ninety minutes. Now here's a clue: if you want to know if a movie has been stolen. And chopped by <laughs> a studio. A studio, it will generally run exactly ninety minutes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It'll be, you know, right on the nose, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it, I mean, I think that when I watched it, I kind of I, maybe I picked up on that, and I went, "Oh, this is real hard to watch," or something yeah. like that. But I mean, I could see that there was a good movie there, yeah. but the movie that came out of it wasn't. I think that's why I have a soft spot for it is because I go this, I can see where this was going and I would have liked it. Yeah. You know, it's It's not all there, but what's there I like. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. It's one of those ones where you kind of wish that they would just let Jeremiah Chechik back into the, um, the film vault and say, you know what, go ahead and make the director's cut DVD. Mm -hmm. And I bet you it would be 
Ten times better. Yeah. Unfortunately, it doesn't have enough of a cult following or any following to warrant. Right. It's one of those movies that... It's funny, though, because when it comes to cult movies like that, Mm. I wonder... I don't know what it is, like, what quality has to be there, but there's movies that you go, why is that not a cult (laughs) movie? Right. You know? Uh Because it it seems like it has all the elements, but Mm. it's just... It it didn't ever caught, caught on, you know? And then something like Showgirls, which has a huge cult following... When I first saw it, I, I would have never guessed that. I would have thought people are just going to flush this down the toilet and let it go. Come on. The Come gays on. were going to latch on <laughs> that movie. Once I saw, um, what's her name with the big tits? Uh, uh, Sarah? Was it? Mary. What? Who? <laughs> oh! <laughs> Mary, I was thinking Mary. What? From In the movie! I know, from Southbridge. In the movie! I know, because the movie came out when we worked at Southbridge. I know! Jesus Christ. Okay. Anyway, so no. What the hell's her name? The woman. With the lips. And, oh. Are we talking about the girl, the, the fat woman? No! Okay. Um, and she was like your favorite. Gina Gershon. Yes. Thank you. Oh my God. Oh my God. We might have to do an edit for the very first time in history on this podcast. <laughs> no, that shit's funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're flailing. You're talking about real life. I'm trying to figure out who the hell's in the movie. Yeah. It, well, that was a hulu. Yeah, yeah, that didn't um, blow your mind. So anyway, once you see Gina Gershon playing it to like, you know, turning it to 11 as uh, in the parlance. Right. Um, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. If only, yeah. for, if only for her performance. Really? See, I, what, I wouldn't have guessed it. Really. I just, but You're I don't know. I mean, touch apparently I am. I just don't. With the zeitgeist. I don't know what the kids are doing these days. <laughs> I used, you were a kid then. Right? I used to be with it. Now. Keep going. Yeah, okay. I used to be with it. But now what I'm with isn't it. Or they, ch- they changed what it was, and now what I'm with isn't it. And then what is it is weird and scary to me. Exactly. Hey, I, it took me a second, but I got it. <laughs> Death! <laughs> That's a laugh, Grandpa. <laughs> That's Maggie. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so the Avengers, yeah, it's, it's mauled. But if you can see through the cracks... There's some really wonderful stuff in there. Oh, sure. Some of it. I I mean, some of it's so quirky. You're just like, oh my God, I can't believe that's in the movie. Like the meeting of people dressed as teddy bears or gummy bears or whatever the hell they are. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's the best thing ever. I I know. And it's so, it's so British, like 60s British, you know. Exactly. The prisoner. um, As a fan of the show. I was, so much of what I wanted to see from that movie is actually there. The movie itself just doesn't make sense. Sure, yeah, and and Sean Connery is really hamming it up, Ooh. and I mean he, you know, but whatever. I mean it's it's not like I love I love Jim Broadman and Fiona Shaw as mother and father. They're like perfect. Yeah, it's anyway. I mean overall, it's really not. It's an enjoyable movie to watch if you like you said you can see through those cracks that are there. Right. So whatever. It might be your cup of tea. It might not. <laughs> if you're quirky and British, or enjoy quirky and British, then well, there you go. All seven of you out there. Um, <laughs> so okay. So let's see if we're still going in alphabetical order. Oh Jesus! Um, <laughs> we I got to go to Lost in Space. What an awesome, awesome film. <laughs> Mimi Rogers. Mimi. 
and uh, William Hurt and Matt Leblanc. Lacey Chabert. Chabert. It's very French. <laughs> oh. Um, and, uh, yeah, who else? There was that There's kid. Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. And then there was the kid who was, no, who knows. Uh, <laughs> he's not like a producer's nephew or something. Um, and then the animated monkey. Oh, it was an animated alien monkey. <laughs> and the robot. <laughs> and we just came to robot. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Lost in Space, that was quite the debacle. Um, well, Akiva Goldsman blames it on Taco Bell. Yeah, the reason that movie I would wasn't blame a success. It on your script, Akiva. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, it's yeah. just me. No, it was. It was. Um, I'm not in with the ways of Hollywood. You know? <laughs> right? Maybe what Taco Bell had big creative impulses with this movie. Right. Um, well, the thing about it is, it's so badly written, and you can tell that William Hurt the entire time bored. is just bored out of his skull. He barely changes expressions at all throughout the entire movie, uh-huh. and he delivers his lines real monotone. <laughs> it's like really and Gary Oldman's climbing on everything. Oh my god, chewing everything. Gary Oldman is just off his rocker, mm-hmm. and um, Mimi Rogers looks sort of like a deer in the headlights the whole time. I'm in a movie. <laughs> this is like a hundred. Million it's not 1985. I know. <laughs> I'm not Mrs. Tom Cruise anymore. Wow. Right? Yeah, and so, I don't know. I mean, it, for me, it's one of those movies that's sort of goofily enjoyable. I I can honestly say I didn't enjoy one second of this movie. Really? One second. I hate this movie from beginning to end. I've seen it twice, and I'll never watch it again. Well, yeah. And I hate Matt LeBlanc and his character... I really wanted somebody to shoot him or those stupid little spiders to eat him. Yeah. Oh, oh. Heather Graham. How did we forget Heather Graham? Indeed. With the tight-fitting spacesuit. <laughs> Actually, she didn't even look good in that movie. It's like nobody cared. It was like they couldn't <laughs> even get the makeup person to care. Yeah. I don't know. It was just, like I said, it's one of those... It was a marketing ploy and it didn't work. Well, see, to me... And it was also that New Line was stepping outside of what it knew how to do. Yeah, and they had never made a big tentpole picture before. That was sure. like their first one. Yeah, and it didn't. Well, right, and I think for me too is that, and this is just talking about the actual plot of the movie. Yeah, which apparently Akiva Goldsman wrote when he was like on crack or something. <laughs> um, but the it's two movies. It's two different movies. It's like the first half is the Robinsons getting shooting into space and having adventures in space, and then the second half is they go through the time warp and crash on the planet and it just gets like... It's just... That second half of the movie is just so ill-conceived. I'm just like, this right. is crap. It's an episode of Star Trek. A bad, bad one. <laughs> <laughs> you owe me a cold. Hey. But no, I mean, I, like I said, I can watch... It. I think maybe I got to amend my previous statement by saying that I can watch the first half of the movie and think it's fairly goofily enjoyable. Uh-huh. The second half of the movie drags and it's real dark and sort of weird and... With Gary Oldman as the, like, mama spider. Yeah. And then, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) It's just whatever. It was not good. No. Um, And then, but they did have some of the, I mean, obviously it had the same characters as the TV show. Yeah. Um, And it had some of the same elements. The guy that, I don't know if it was the same guy that did the voice for the robot, but if it wasn't, it sounded exactly like him. (laughs) You know? It was pretty close. Uh, So they had the robot, and they had the... The you know the same characters and they, they you know were lost in space I guess <laughs> wow. I guess so I would have to say thumbs down on that one I will sometimes if it, it like say if it was on cable 
and it was just starting, I watched the first maybe half hour and then be like, all right, I'm done. Yeah. I'd, I'd say thumbs to like the center of the earth, <laughs> China. And you know what? Akiva, as far down as I can go. And Akiva Goldsman, next time you write a crap movie, don't blame it on Wendy's or something, okay? <laughs> Just say it could be a man and say I made a crap movie. Akiva first, I don't know how he finagled it, but now he's like a producer and he writes and directs some of the episodes on Fringe. I don't know how that happened. Like halfway or three quarters of the way through the first season, like all of a sudden Akiva Goldsman was doing the, the oh, show. Oh, God. Well, show. did you hear that he's now going to be writing the Dark Knight movie, or Dark uh, Gunslinger, Dark Tower Gunslinger movies? They're actually going to make them? Yeah, they're, ooh, they're making uh, quite the production out of it. They're going to make either three or four movies. Mm. Then they're going to have a TV show mm. that I think is going to run concurrently to the releases of the movies <laughs> between the movies so that you get sort of fill in the gaps a little bit and stuff. It's gonna. It's this massive thing, and it's um, it's uh, Brian Grazer, I think, and Ron Howard is gonna direct well, at least the so first movie. So they're gonna be bad and pretty boring. much. And Akiva Goldsman is gonna write them all. Oh, I know. I saw that, and I was like, I love those books. Why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think a lot of people love those books. I. I Having dabbled in them, I never finished one of the books. I, I don't know that they'll work well on film. I think that that's the reason why they're doing this massive film, movie, right? probably even comic book thing. So you can get all that in there. Because mm-hmm. there's just massive amounts of material there. Sure, and there's, there's lots of books that intersect in that world, like the oh, Black God. House and yada, yada, yada. I, I think you got to leave that out. <laughs> or or sure, only put in the in rule but important that's, it's, stuff. Uh, Stephen King has made that a pretty expansive universe. His whole uh, oeuvre is basically... Is that what I'm trying to think? Oeuvre. Oeuvre. Anyway, as opposed to the Louvre. And, oh. Anyway. Anyway. Um, Where's my drum and cymbal? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, no, if you go back and if you look at the... Um, there's one of the Dark Tower books. and Maybe it's the last one. <clears throat> or maybe it's more than one. It, you know how at the beginning of the book, before it even starts, whatever, they have the list, also by Stephen King, whatever. Right. There's this, like, four-page list. <laughs> right. um, but they have little stars next to what's <laughs> l- related to the Dark Tower series in some way. Uh-huh. And, like, half of his books are. Even, <laughs> books, even books he wrote before the Dark Tower. Interesting. Right? So, whatever. Anyway, we digress there. Lost in Space. Famous <laughs> geeked out a bit. Just a bit. Uh, <laughs> Lost in space, uh, give it a miss. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, um, well, the last one that, that I think that we, I for sure wanted to do uh, was the Mod Squad. Indeed. The Claire other Danes, my friend. Tay Diggs? Uh, Who's the... I think, is it Tay Diggs? I, oh, boy. LAUGHTER <laughs> um, <laughs> It was uh, Cla- and Giovanni, Giovanni Rabisi and Claire Danes, and it. I don't think it was Tay Diggs. I think I that was before Tay Diggs' time. I think it's Tay Diggs. I think it's the guy who was in. Oh boy, we're gonna have to look this up. Uh, I'll try and stall him here, people. No, no. Or, what do you think it was? The guy in what? Um, the guy who. See, I can see his face, and for some reason, I see him in a movie with a big silver gun. Um, oh my god, you're thinking of Bokeem Woodbine. Um, is it Omar Epps? No. Ooh, I think you might be wrong. Was it Omar Epps? Was I? Yes. 
Claire Dane, Giovanni Bisi, Omar Epps, Dennis Farina, Josh Brolin, Richard Jenkins. Richard Jenkins? Michael Lerner. Uh, <laughs> Bokeem Woodbine. Eddie I, Griffin? I was thinking of Bokeem Woodbine, wasn't I? Yes, you were. <laughs> okay. not, with that iconic uh, uh, cover to his movie, like, Black Man, I swear yeah. that's the title, where he's got the gun, like, like right in his crotch. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, hmm, suggestive. Symbolism. I'm not sure what that is. I'm not sure what that represents. <laughs> I know it's something, but I'm not making a connection. I don't know what that is. How do we get older and Britisher all of a sudden? I don't know. Anyway, um, basically the Mod Squad was just one of those things to cash in on something that people knew and this sort of retro craze that was sort of happening at the time. Yeah. And it was totally not the Mod Squad. It was basically 21 Jump Street or something, which was kind of a ripoff. Well, sure. Having not seen the Mod Squad, maybe I didn't have any preconceived notions. I always rather enjoyed this picture. Really? And it's a strange one to enjoy. It's not all there, and it doesn't make sense. I like the ending. It's action-packed, my friend. Sure. I always, The weirdest scene is when they find Dennis Farina's body, and they all walk out of the, the like drainage ditch or whatever the hell they're in, and he's just laying there in a pool of light. And you're like, really? He just fell, like, straight? <laughs> straight with his arms <laughs> on his sides? He, he's, like, he's like, oh, fuck, I'm dying. Better arrange myself. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to be a, Embarrassed when they find I want a clean chalk outline. <laughs> exactly. No arms over here. <laughs> Don't want to have like my butt sticking out or something. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a weird scene. Um, I thought it was. Uh, did now? Maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe I'm just remembering this wrong. Mm-hmm. But I would. I thought in the Mod Squad, the the TV version of the Mod Squad, right. they were all sort of. They had this sort of theme where there were. They were these sort of semi-disco, like, hip kids, whatever. Uh-huh. But in this one, they all had their own separate thing going on. Like, they, like the one, like, uh, Omar Epps. Well, but no, 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 no. Okay, so the basic plot of the show, I always thought, was, like, these three delinquents are coerced by the cops to do kind of undercover work. And sure. that's the plot of this movie. Well, sure it is, but I'm just talking about the overall sort of I'm not talking, I'm about, the talking about the specifics, man. I'm talking about those jeans that Giovanni Bisi was wearing. <laughs> no, I'm just No, I'm saying that they, in the in the in the TV show, they were all sort of they were you could tell they were this group of they were all sort of together, you know, right. in a group. But in this one, they were all just the set there was just these three separate they people were that were thrown together, yeah. yeah. By Dennis Farina. And I always like Josh Brolin. I think he plays a pretty good villain in the picture. Sure. Um, I like Josh Brolin. There's some good, I, I, I say it again, there's some good action, you know, some good shots of the plane and all that stuff at the end. Yeah, yeah. Bang, bang. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> to me, that movie just didn't work at all. And I don't know if maybe it was the leads just really didn't have the chemistry I, together. They really didn't, but... Maybe that was the point. I mean, I don't know. Because, I mean, Claire Danes in an action movie... It's the same thing with Terminator 3. Or, or, yeah, Terminator 3. Yes. I'm like, I, I almost said Terminator Salvation. Um, but Claire, I, I saw that and I was like, eh, Claire Danes in an action movie. Not sure why this didn't uh, catch on with people. <laughs> I like Claire Danes. Apparently that's well, the are only insane, sir. person in the world who likes Claire Danes. See Stardust, you'll like Claire Danes. You have co- clearly lost your mind, sir. 
Anyway. I, I you know, I, 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 I've been with her the entire way on her fucking career. I was like 10 watching my so-called life. And ever since, I've liked Claire Danes. Okay. Unfortunately, I can't say the same for Jared Leto, who started his career at the same time. I think that guy's a douche who somebody should shoot him in his head. But whatever. Somebody did shoot him in the head in Panic Room. If only... If only yeah, I know, but... Oh. <laughs> that wasn't real? <laughs> I love that movie. I was talking about it the other day because Disembodio hates it. Panic Room? Uh, yeah, yeah. He hates it because of, he hates the Forrest Whitaker character. Me, I think that movie is like notch on perfect. I think that's a pretty good movie. I, I mean, the, by the end when when uh, what's his name uh, Dwight Yoakam is pounding his way across the floor with a sledgehammer, you're like, oh fuck, what's gonna happen? Yeah, no, that was a, it was a good movie, and I think it's sort of an overlooked movie in in that it people still for whatever reason Fincher is considered slow. And people would consider that a slow movie, even though it's really not. I, well, Fincher is a slow director. I mean, even I would occasionally, and I love Zodiac, but in Zodiac, I was like, oh, I know let, there were let, points where you're just move like, move it forward, come on, people. I know we've got to cover forty years, but let's try and condense. Right? Yeah. No, I know. But anyway, I think it's a good movie. I think that it probably, I would, it would for his movies. I would go. The way the my order of which ones I liked the best, right? Seven, Fight Club, mm. Panic Room. Mm. There's one I'm forgetting. I never saw Benjamin Button. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's Zodiac. Zodiac and Alien Three. Oh, Alien Three is at the like beyond the end of the list. Ha! Oh. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> Mod Squad sounds like you liked it better than me. I have always liked it better than you, and I remember disagreeing about it at the time. Sure, uh, but there's there's just something about it. It's got a quite a kind of energy that I enjoy. Who was the director of that movie? A guy named Scott Silver. He's never done anything since. Really. Is that his only one? Yeah. Well, he had a couple like indie movies before he did that, and there's not much. Since. Oh, okay. Yeah, I couldn't remember, and so that's why. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, um, I will talk briefly about Starsky and Hutch. Do um, it to it, my yeah, friend. Phil, <laughs> Phil has never seen Starsky and Hutch. And for good reason. For probably good reason. Um, Starsky and Hutch, in the original incarnation, mm-hmm. was just basically just these two cops who were sort of these hip guys. I mean, they were, they were like the cool cops. Right. Chips. You know? <laughs> yeah, basically. It was kind of like chips with a car instead of motorcycles. Right. Um, so they were like the young, cool cops, you know, and they got all the foxy ladies and stuff. And um, in this one, in the movie version, they make them into... Okay, so Ben Stiller plays... I don't remember which is which. Um, <laughs> I think he's Starsky. I don't. I think you're right. But um, he he plays this super straight-laced... Everything is absolutely by the book, played to ridiculous levels. You know that character that's right. been in, you know, I mean, uh-huh. everybody knows that character. So that's how he plays the one guy. Then Owen Wilson plays this total screw-up cop, uh, you know, who more or less uses being a cop to get away with doing these fairly goofy, like, petty crimes, really. Uh-huh. And so they get paired together. Owen Wilson doesn't care about anything because he doesn't care really about being a cop. He just wants to make some money and be a goofball and get the ladies and stuff. And, right. And Ben Stiller is totally uptight and, you know, and whatever. And it's supposed to be this this mismatch, the odd couple, you kind of think. Mm-hmm. And um, 
it's really not good. Um, <laughs> well, it, from from my recollection, it's one of the few of those movies, and I'm gonna. Uh, ooh, there's ooh. one we didn't think about, but that I would want to talk about that makes a good pairing with this is uh, where it takes the original and paradizes it. Sure. Because, I mean, there's only one other movie, and I just thought of it, that really does that, and that's The Brady Bunch. Oh, yeah. But, I can't believe we didn't think of The Brady Bunch. <laughs> um, but that, to me, did it exceedingly well. The Brady Bunch? Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, that because it simply took The Brady Bunch and plopped them in a modern world, sure. it, it works. Yeah. You, you make fun of both. Um, but I, I don't think Starsky and Hutch, I think it's still set in the 70s, right? Yeah. So. Wait. I th- wow, now I'm trying to remember. I think it is. I'm well, sure I can't imagine, because I, I remember at least from the promo materials and stuff that, that Snoop Dogg was de- dressed up like a 70s pimp. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I you're, I'm, I'm thinking it probably I is, don't yeah. Know. Yeah, I'm thinking it probably is. Snoop Dogg actually in that movie. It was the only good part of that movie to me. Not the only good part, but he was... Every scene he was in was fairly funny. Uh-huh. And he was good. And yeah. he had the whole... The whole he had the whole thing down, man. He was... Well, because that's kind of what he does anyway. Sure. Well, yeah, but I mean, he, <laughs> he knew that it was to be played for comedy. Right. And he was just right on with it. Uh-huh. Whereas the other two were sort of... I mean, Ben... Ben, ben Stiller being Mr. Manic Ben Stiller. Owen Wilson being like Mr. Surfer. Hey, man. Kind of thing, you know. Right. And it was like... It just... It didn't work. Um, so, I just... I, I can't recommend it. No. Nah. Now, here's the question. Do we do the Brady Bunch? As quickly <laughs> as possible. That is so good. Both of those movies. I don't, The second one isn't as good. But the first one is like a little piece of film diamond. Oh, yeah. It is... Perfect. Gene Smart as, like, the funniest part of that movie. As that crazy drunk neighbor. But, um, so yeah, the basic plot is the Bradys are simply in the modern world, but they're still living as if it was 1976. Oh, yeah. Was it even that late? (laughs) But yeah, basically you take the Brady Bunch as it was in In the the series. The same house, the same clothes. Everything. And pull it out of the series. And just plop, plop it, it in down. 1995. Yeah. And it was <laughs> so funny. It was like, obviously that would never happen the way that it was sort right. of portrayed. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, it was, everything was spot on too. Because you know that whoever, the, the filmmakers had to have gone in and just watched like every fucking episode <laughs> of the Brady Bunch. So many past, references. Past yeah. a certain, yeah, I mean. Oh my god, everything, and like with the weird double entendres with the maid, with the butcher boyfriend, and like, and they just kept getting a little bit more absurd every time, (laughs) a little more blatant every time. Until at the end, um, the the maid was coming, Alice was coming out, and the Madonna... (laughs) With the one piece of... Yeah, with the cup bra, the pointy boobs, yeah, (laughs) um... And then, you know, everybody, I think the thing about that too that made it so great was that everybody... In the movie that they cast, got it. Like, what they Perfect. were doing. And uh, me, I, I love Shelley Long. It was good to see her again. And she was funny. Yeah. And um, Gary Cole was perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. He was... I thought... I think Gary oh Cole was a God. really funny guy to yeah. start with. But he but was... the best at that kind of really dry stuff. It's the same kind of... It's almost the same part 
as Office Space, except played up a little more. Sure, not as dickish. Right. More innocent and sort of cheesy. Right. But yeah, practically the same, some of the same deliveries and stuff. But um, him and um, even Christine Taylor, she was just right as the real vain. Guess. Levi's. And they didn't know, that was the funniest thing too, is that they, when they would go out into the quote-unquote real world, they didn't know anything that was going on. Like, they were just in this bubble. Yep, this Brady Bunch bubble. Yeah, and like the girl at the, at the modeling office, when she was like talking about the jeans, she's like, mm, Levi's? Uh, and then she guessed like, I don't know, Wranglers or something. And then she's all, Oshkosh Bagosh? Like, <laughs> like, those were the only brands that she knew. <laughs> oh, man. Killed me. Oh. Uh, that was and just... The way that they pulled that movie off was just right there. Uh-huh. Um, in fact, you know what? Now that we're talking about it, I might have to go back and watch it. <laughs> that is such a good movie. I'm and then, telling you, the, like, uh, for me, my, I, I said it before, my favorite part is Jean Smart. Because uh, she, she's always talking about the, making the, a, a Brady sandwich. The horny, drunken neighbor. Exactly. She, wa- she wants to do all the Brady men. And Every it, one of them, too. The dad down through the youngest <laughs> son. Exactly. And uh, the the young, the, my favorite part, the young daughter, come, the youngest daughter with the lisp comes over. And she's like, my my, father, my mother sent me to tell you that I need a, a mail today. And she, the, um, Michael McKean makes her repeat it six times. And <laughs> then Gene Smart just screams out, she wants to pay this mail! <laughs> Because so, Michael McKeon is just saying, I can't understand a word you're saying. I don't understand exactly. you. Yeah, that was... So funny. Yeah, I actually might if, have to go in and watch if, it again. If you haven't seen it, if you missed it back then, if you I, haven't seen it in a decade, rent it. You'll definitely. love it. Definitely. You have to watch that movie. And I think you have to sort of understand that it's not... They're not... They're, they're parodying it's, all they're, of it. They're, it's, it's, it's one of those beautiful confluences... Where they loved it so much, mm-hmm. and they they're paradising it, but you get that both. Yeah, yeah. Where you can feel that they love the Brady Bunch. Sure. But they just wanted to tweak it. Yeah, yeah. Just like you know, hey, you know, this is what would be weird, right? You know. <laughs> yeah. And um, and it, but at the same time, it, you you can love something and say this is still ridiculous. Right. This is the basis of our podcast, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> and so the people that made the movie, I'm sure, were like, <clears throat> Brady Bunch is great, but it is pretty ridiculous if you watch the show. So and then they but uh, then for the second one got mm-hmm. went in a little bit of an odd direction. It got a little darker, like uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it played with some of the darker episodes, you know, you know, like the or some of the weirder episodes, like the trip to Hawaii where they yeah. get the tiki curse and stuff yeah. like that. And uh, and then they threw in um, Shelley Long's ex-husband, played by Tim Matheson. Right, and then that weird like sexual <laughs> tension between the two oldest kids. Yeah, that was weird. I mean, it was a good movie. It was still you still had that element of it. Right, it was still funny, but it wasn't as like on the ball. Yeah, well, it's hard to get that spot on. I would think in yeah. two movies, you mm-hmm. know, but um, especially when it comes to. That weird sort of comedy parodying something that already existed, whatever. It's a miracle that that happened in the first place, really. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. You know. So, really, the second one, I don't have as much to say about the second one, but it's a little darker. It's a little more black comedy. In some ways, yeah. Tim Matheson is is really a kind of a mean character, and he has that. I'll let, it's a, it's not that funny, but it's a great line. Oh, I'm tripping with the Brady. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Anyway. Yeah, so, but... But it's, it's not as good, but it's still worth a it, watch. Oh, definitely. Well, you know, it's worth watching, but the first one, you just have to watch. It's a moral imperative. Indeed. Um, I did want to mention, uh, since I feel we're drawing to a close... Okay. Um, that uh, two, uh, this, this weekend has two movies I want to see. Okay. So, The Social Network should be so. on everyone's must-see list, people. Speaking of Fincher. Everyone... Um, and, uh, Case 39. <laughs> okay, if Case you haven't 39. seen it, it is a horror movie, uh, uh, and the trailer's on Comcast Online, you know, go watch it, I recommend okay. it. But, okay. um, so Renee Zellweger plays a social worker who, <laughs> okay. who, get, who, who gets involved with this case with a little girl, uh, who turns out to be, like, um, the devil or something. <laughs> or and something. so, you know, lots of horrible devil demon stuff ensues. Right. And for me, it's like, I've talked to people in my office, like half of my office is going to see this because I work in the social you know, human yeah. services office. Right. right. So, yes, everybody <laughs> well, is going it, they're going to get that audience. 39. That's a built-in audience, I right? Know. People are like, oh my God, I so think that's going to happen one day. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm just waiting for that to happen to me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, well, anyway. so, okay, yeah, I, I'm going to have to watch the trailer. I haven't... Uh, yeah. Okay. Maybe we'll watch it after the podcast. Headcast. All of a sudden, we're from, we're from Boston. It's wicked hot here. Um, uh, what was I going to say? There is something that. Oh, I was going to mention the the one about Susan. When you mentioned Susan Sarandon, uh-huh. the the movie that is either coming out this weekend or already just came out uh-huh. with her and. Um, it's supposed to be like the two high school rivals. You again. You again. And where the high school rivals. In this weird... She's not in that. It was Susan Sarandon and somebody else? No, it's not. Who is it then? It's Sigourney Weaver and Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, yeah. Well, you know. (laughs) Okay, I don't know. I swear I thought she was in that. But I knew what you were talking about. No, I swear I thought she was in that. Whatever. Okay. But um, I heard somebody say that... uh, Now, did did that just come out or is it just coming out? Okay, yeah. yeah. I heard a review of that saying that that is like the most high concept crap they've ever seen. And I was like, just bad and I was kind of going that's too bad because Sigourney Weaver uh, usually is in pretty decent stuff you know she is and I tell you it's a hidden skill she is a great comedian oh sure she was great in um, Heartbreakers yep which <laughs> is hard to say and, and to me honestly seeing the trailers for that movie I was like you know I know that's going to be a piece of shit but I just I want to go see it just to see her work well yeah she can be so funny like I watched this terrible movie called the TV set um, where she played the network executive, and the, it's a shitty movie. Boring as sin. But for the, like, 10 or 15 minutes that she's in it, you're like, this is worth it. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, you know, and in Heartbreakers, I just, I, she was, when she was trying to convince uh, Gene Hackman that she was Russian, and they go to the Russian restaurant, <laughs> and the waiter's saying to her in Russian, you have no idea what I'm saying, do you? You're, you know, you're not, you're not even close to Russian, and she just keeps going... The only funny parts of that movie were um, Sigourney Weaver, Gene Hackman, and Jennifer Love Hewitt's outfits. (laughs) Oh, Jeffrey Jones looked as big as a house in that movie. Oh, yeah, he did. 
Anyway. Anyway. So okay. a bit of a downer note. Of, uh, <laughs> where like, can we? Where can we find ourselves? Um, we can find us uh, at, <laughs> and you too at uh, podcastmachine.com. Slash fourteen ninety two. Fourteen ninety two is our designation. Indeed. Uh, we're on iTunes. Do a search for Can You Fucking Believe It. Um, uh, email us at canyoufbi at gmail.com. Uh-huh. We still have the Twitter, which I've been really... The Twitter? The Twitter. You sound like... I know. Yeah. I sound like I'm about I'm 80 years old. the Twitter thing. I sound like the guy in the old joke that goes into the electronics store and says, can I buy a CD with that internet on it? Yeah. You know, okay. So no, we still have the Twitter account. How's that? Okay. Okay. Um, I'm not doing a very good job updating it. Um, so sorry, Twitter people. I think we have four followers, um, and we still do have the Tumblr page, which I don't even remember I don't know anymore. What that is. Tumblr's like a kind of a, it's like it's supposedly like sort of a better version of like Blogger.com. Okay. I don't even know. I did. I signed up for it one night. Completely forgot I did it. Updated it like twice. So don't even worry about that, people. <laughs> and Facebook. Facebook, yes, we do still have the Facebook page. I've noticed that there's been a little bit of a drop-off on the comments on the Facebook page. Get on it, people! Well, but there was a drop-off in what we were posting. Yeah, there was a drop-off in... You know, and i got to tell you... Podcast. Uh, maybe... All right, I'll tell you off the, off the air. So... Okay. Uh, so, take us out, Phil. Can you fucking believe it? <laughs> that was awesome.